It's 6 p.m., and you're tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Wednesday, April 19th, and this is the KVMR Evening News. I'm Julia Jem. Kelly Reese returns Friday. Many of the renter protections set up during the pandemic have now gone, but in Los Angeles, one has stuck around. Rent increases are still banned for most of the city's tenants. The California Report covers that and more. After a brief look at today's regional headlines, KVMR's Felton Pruitt speaks with firefighter Baudry Matlock about an upcoming benefit that will raise funds for the North San Juan Fire Department. Then, News Director Claudio Mendoza sits down with KVMR Volunteer Coordinator Marnie Marshall to discuss what exactly volunteering for KVMR entails. This is the California Report. I'm Marie Bolaños in San Francisco. President Biden has signed an executive order to improve access to child care. His directives could benefit tens of thousands of California families who receive federal subsidies. KQED's Daisy Wynn has more. Biden wants to reduce or eliminate fees for subsidized child care. They were waived during the pandemic, but soon parents will have to pay them again. Mary Ignatius leads the group Parent Voices. The timing of President Biden to come in and say, hey, we need to do something about this, couldn't come at a better time. California lawmakers are also working to improve access. One is Monique Limon, a state senator from Santa Barbara County. She spent over a year finding childcare for her toddler. We have too many parents who are looking for childcare options and simply don't have them because we don't have enough providers. She's excited to see these state issues being recognized at the national level. For the California Report, I'm Daisy Nguyen. Many of the renter protections California set up during the pandemic have gone away. But in Los Angeles, one big one has stuck around. Rent increases are still banned for most of the city's tenants. However, some landlords don't know about L.A.'s rent freeze, and renter complaints are at a 10-year high. From LAist housing reporter David Wagner has the story. In this mid-city LA apartment building, a group of neighbors is gathering for hot chocolate, pan dulce, and a common goal, fighting illegal rent hikes. During the pandemic, their landlord tried to raise Enoe del Carmen Nolasco's rent by about $80 per month. Y me dijo que Nolasco says the landlord told her the rent was going up because he had bills to pay. But at the time, she was struggling. She had lost work as a housekeeper due to COVID. Nolasco says after paying rent, there were times she didn't have enough money for groceries. The tenants here didn't know these increases were illegal until they connected with the L.A. Tenants Union. Organizer Eddie Robinson told them about the city's COVID rent freeze, which applies to three-quarters of all L.A. apartments. Robinson says the city's rent hike ban only works when tenants know how to defend their rights. There are things written in code, you know, legal language that seem good in theory, but the housing department doesn't have much of an enforcement arm to it. So the renters here filed complaints with the city. LAist obtained data on all illegal rent hike complaints going back to 2012. We found that despite LA's ongoing rent freeze, the city received a record number of complaints last year. What we have seen in the last year or so is an acceleration of an extreme amount of rent burden across the state, and particularly in places like Los Angeles. David Garcia is the policy director for UC Berkeley's Turner Center for Housing Innovation. 
He says new California laws have tried to limit rent increases, but asking rents in cities like L.A. have only risen faster. Garcia says none of this proves that landlords are breaking the law. Complaints don't necessarily mean a violation took place. But he says soaring rents do raise questions. There may be some confusion on the part of either the tenant or the landlord on whether or not they're protected by local or state law. Landlords say they are genuinely confused. David Kim owns that mid-city apartment building. He says his rent hikes were an honest mistake. At that time, I did not know. So I pay back everything. Kim is 80 years old and relies on rental income in his retirement. He says the city never told him that typical annual rent hikes were now illegal. The housing department did not send me the notice that I shouldn't raise the rent on pandemic time. Housing department officials declined to be interviewed on tape for this story, but they insist landlords were sent notices about the rent freeze. And they chalk up the rise in complaints to tenants becoming more aware of their rights. But for Ramon Iglesias, another one of Kim's tenants, knowing about the rent freeze hasn't helped much. Iglesias was grieving the death of his wife back in 2021 when Kim tried to raise his rent by $800 per month. The couple had been getting a discount because Iglesias' wife helped manage the building. Iglesias says Kim wouldn't hire him as the new manager because he doesn't speak English. Iglesias, 76 and living on Social Security, is not paying what Kim originally demanded, but his rent has still doubled. Iglesias feels like the city hasn't helped at all. Other tenants are also finding that L.A.'s rent freeze isn't frozen solid. There are cracks in the ice, big enough for many rent hikes to get through. In recent months, complaints continue to rise. For the California Report, I'm David Wagner in Los Angeles. In San Diego, renters could get new rights under a plan that goes before the city council next week. Under the proposal, landlords would be required to pay tenants two months' rent if they're evicted at no fault of their own. Seniors and disabled residents would get three months' rent for no-fault evictions. Landlords would also be required to give notice of a lease violation and give renters time to fix the problem. Currently, landlords can begin the eviction process immediately. Under the new proposal, a landlord would still be allowed to evict someone for not paying rent or violating a condition of their lease, but after they've already received a warning. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines their pursuit of good health, on the web at chcf.org lbca. Paint Care. Now with more than 850 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health, on the web at 11thHourRacing.org. In the world of sports, it's been a tough week for Warriors fans as forward Draymond Green will not be playing in Game 3 of their series against the Sacramento Kings after being ejected during Game 2. They play again tomorrow night, this time in San Francisco. Los Angeles basketball fans can cheer for the Lakers tonight as they play Game 2 of their series against the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Clippers fell to the Suns last night evening the series at one game apiece.
And that's the California Report for Wednesday, April 19th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. In regional news, PG&E stated in a release that flows on the South Yuba River will increase as early as this week once the dam at Lake Spalding begins to spill. Due to the largest snowpack in 40 years, higher-than-usual runoff is expected to continue into midsummer. Flows on the South Yuba River below Lake Spalding at Lang's Crossing are currently about 30 cubic feet per second. With Spalding Dam expected to spill as soon as this week, flow will increase to approximately 1,000 cubic feet per second. For reference, typical flows in this part of the river for this time of year range from about 10 to 325 cubic feet per second. Consequently, PG&E urges those spending time near the river to exercise caution, as flows can change as temperatures fluctuate and the snowmelt slows or increases. PG&E expects peak flows exceeding 2,000 cubic square feet periodically through June, with a possibility for substantially higher flows if there are significant rain-on-snow events or a multi-day heat wave that could cause snowmelt runoff. They state that simple actions can save lives, like recognizing if the water is too cold or swift, knowing your limits, wearing a life jacket, or simply not entering the water when conditions seem like they may be unsafe. According to a press release, Cal Expo will be hosting a comprehensive job fair on Saturday, April 22nd in Sacramento. The event will offer job seekers an opportunity to explore various available positions, network with potential employers, and even participate in on-site interviews with the possibility of being hired on the spot. The job fair will feature representatives from various program areas at Cal Expo, offering insight into the diverse range of job opportunities, including positions for the California State Fair, which will be held on July 14th through July 30th of 2023. Tom Martinez, CEO of Cal Expo, expressed his enthusiasm in the following statement. Quote, We're thrilled to provide a platform where both job seekers and employers can connect in person. It's an excellent opportunity for our community to come together and find the perfect match for their skill sets and the available positions. Applications will be available during the event or online at the Cal Expo website. In Cape Horn, an unincorporated part of Placer County, about two miles north of Colfax, a speeding car somehow flew into the second story of a home on Sunday, landing on top of a carport and crashing into a bedroom. California Highway Patrol said the car was driving, quote, extremely fast on the road that has a speed limit of just 10 miles per hour. Bob Arendt, the home's owner, estimated that the car must have flown about 75 feet before it landed on the second story. Power in the area was shut off, and fire and law enforcement officials were able to stabilize the carport. Using a rope system, the driver was rescued and transferred to waiting first responders inside the home before being transported to a hospital. There's been no word on their current condition. No identifying information was given about the occupant, and according to the unit, there were no injuries to the home's residents or first responders. It's unclear how many people were inside the home at the time of the crash. That's all from CBS News. A media release issued by David West, Nevada County Veterans Services Officer, reported that the Nevada County Veterans Services Office has launched its fourth annual online all-veterans survey. The survey will help shape the VSO's strategic plan for serving Nevada County's veteran community. Last year, approximately 500 veterans responded to the survey, which informed the 2022-2023 VSO strategic plan. We are always looking for ways to improve our services and to reach as many veterans as possible to ensure that no veteran in Nevada County slips through the cracks, West said. 
Last year's survey has led to new collaborations with community partners, including collaboration with Guitars for Vets. Nevada County veterans can take the survey online through May 15th at www.nevadacountyca.gov slash VSO survey. The input that it collects will be shared with local veteran service organizations such as the American Legion, Veterans of Foreign Wars, Vietnam Veterans of America, and more. Turning now to a look at the regional weather forecast from the National Weather Service. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 35. West-northwest wind around 6 miles per hour becoming light and variable. Thursday, sunny with a high near 62. Northeast wind 5 to 9 miles per hour becoming west in the afternoon. Thursday night, mostly clear with a low around 44. West-northwest wind around 6 miles per hour becoming light and variable. For Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 18. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour becoming light in the evening. Thursday, sunny with a high near 50. Calm wind becoming west around 5 miles per hour in the afternoon. Thursday night, mostly clear with a low around 28. West wind around 5 miles per hour becoming calm in the evening. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 43. North, northwest wind 5 to 7 miles per hour. Thursday, sunny with a high near 72. North, northwest wind 8 to 10 miles per hour. Thursday night, Mostly clear with a low around 49. Northwest wind 5 to 9 miles per hour. You're listening to the evening news on KVMR. As fire season approaches, firefighting organizations take steps to prepare. Securing reliable equipment is one important part of that preparation process. Coming up, KVMR's Felton Pruitt speaks with firefighter Baudry Matlock about an upcoming benefit that will serve enchiladas to raise funds for the North San Juan Fire Department, with 100% of the proceeds going towards new equipment. We're talking with Baudry Matlock. He's a firefighter with the North San Juan Fire Department, and they have a wonderful uh, benefit coming up. Uh, the date is April 29th, and you can get fed during this benefit as well. Why don't you explain all this to the folks, Baudry? Yeah, happy to. So we'll be serving a delicious meal of some kind of homemade enchiladas, both vegetarian and, and meat options, just as a way to raise some awareness and raise some funds in our great Ridge, uh, North San Juan community. This will be happening at Station 1, sometimes known as the Fire Hall in downtown North San Juan. From 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., we'll be cranking out these enchiladas, both as a drive through event and actually have a sit-down option as well um, if folks want to sit there and, and enjoy their meal. And uh, all the proceeds will be going towards some new equipment, actually some rescue equipment for our, our fire district. And that's all happening on Saturday, April 29th. That's correct. So basically, you don't have to do much except be hungry on Saturday morning, you know, late Saturday morning, and then you get in your car and you drive over, and then you get a nice lunch and you help support your local firefighters. That's the gist of it, for sure. Tell folks a little bit about what the Firefighters Association does. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, we're a volunteer fire department, which is a little bit of a misnomer, but but not really. We, we're basically staffed with, with volunteers for the most part. A lot of great time and energy goes into fire and medical uh, emergency services 
for our, our fire district, which stretches all the way from uh, around Bridgeport to, to Malakoff Diggins in the kind of area colloquially known as the Ridge. And um, we're a little bit further away from you know some of the fire and medical resources. And, and the firefighters are just a lot of great men and women looking to give back to the community, you know, offer professional emergency, you know, fire medical rescue services to those in need. And uh, we're, we're constantly looking for ways to to serve the community and, and be prepared in these kind of situations. Is there a website for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So um, North San Juan Fire Protection District, nsjfpd.org, O-R-G, or you can just Google us, North San Juan Fire, and um, yeah, learn a little bit more about us. We're, we're always taking applications for, for new firefighters or, or looking ways you know, to get the community involved. Well, I'm sure that on April 29th, starting around 11 a.m., that's a Saturday, everybody's going to want to come and get lunch from you guys because, you know, we, we all want to support you because you certainly support us in our times of need. Yeah, I think the food should be real tasty. And again, it's always great to see the community come out and, yeah, to feel that, that reciprocity of support for our, our volunteer firefighters and, yeah, in turn to the community at large. I have to say that in the last couple of years, all of our firefighters around our area have just I don't know what it is, but you just seem to be more on top of everything faster, and it's really helped. I mean, I guess we have to, the new technologies coming in as we learn more firefighting techniques and stuff, but communicating is always the best way. So, you know, keeping the public informed with you and keeping you in touch with the public is the best way to go about this. Sure. Yeah. I, I can't say, you know, we're at the mercy of kind of the fire gods every season, but you know, good job or not, we're, we're certainly getting out there doing our best every day, every summer to be prepared again to to have a quick response and those kind of situations where it's needed. And and yeah, just to be on on top of these things and again doing our best day in day out. We've been talking with Baudry Matlock. He's a firefighter with the North San Juan Fire District. They're having their drive-through lunch benefit on Saturday, April 29th, uh, starting around 11 a.m. And tell them where the location is where they go to drive-through. Yeah, so this is Reservoir Street. It's right behind, you know, the um, Sierra Superstop, downtown North San Juan. Can't miss it there. The fire hall, just right off Highway 49. There'll be some signage and, uh, yeah, big parking area, drive-through event. Lots of firefighters milling about, serving some great food. And, yeah, smiles on our faces. Uh, should be a gorgeous weekend and an opportunity to, again, just serve the community some some good food and, and raise funds for this great life-saving uh, rescue equipment that we're, we're saving up for. That's Baudry Matlock, one of the firefighters from the North San Juan Fire District. We wish you all the best with your benefit on April 29th. Thanks very much. On April 14th, President Joe Biden proclaimed this week to be National Volunteer Week. Up next, KVMR News Director Claudia Mendoza talks with Marty Marshall about the vital role that volunteers play in the structure of our community radio station. On April 14th, President Joe Biden issued a proclamation declaring this week National Volunteer Week. KVMR is a largely volunteer-driven organization. Joining me now in the studio is Marnie Marshall. She's our volunteer coordinator. Hi, Marnie. Hi, Claudio. Marnie, tell me some of the ways that volunteers contribute to KVMR. There are so many ways that volunteers contribute to the fabric of KVMR. It's like you said, driven by volunteers 24-7, for example, volunteer broadcasters come in. They've spent many hours preparing their shows, and they showcase their wonderful compilations of public affairs shows and music for the public, for the community. 
There are lots of other things that happen behind the scenes and on the front lines, things like being a receptionist and being a public information center, giving out information to whoever walks through the door. They do a lot of finding out of information, sort of like a detective, and they do it with joy. There are lots of other fun things like creating art for our pet calendar, thank you cards. And of course, we have our pledge drive phone volunteers that answer the phones, talk to our constituents, and help them become a part of the KVMR family. And behind the scenes, we have lots of people doing digital archiving, sound editing. And of course, we have our events and our outreach booth at other people's events. An example of one of our events would be the holiday hoedown that we did in December. And of course, our signature KVMR Celtic Festival coming up this fall. So lots of things to do at an event leading up to it, as well as at the event. Lots and lots of ways to network with other volunteers here and really just create friendships and bonds and learn new skills. I love how the first person that someone from the public interacts with when they come into our station is in fact a volunteer. That's the front desk person, we call it, right? We call it the front desk person. They're receptionist slash public information, and they really do a lot. They are a friendly face, and they're there to serve and happy to do it. And they're just a really, really important part of KVMR. If somebody who hears this wants to volunteer for our station, how do they do that? They can walk in our door. We're at 120 Bridge Street, right across the street from the Miners Foundry. We have a beautiful building. You should come check it out. And you can call 530-264-4164 or email volunteer at kvmr.org. Marnie, thanks so much for what you do. And of course, thanks to all the volunteers. Thank you to all the volunteers. That's our newscast for this Wednesday, April 19th. Visit us online at kvmr.org and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. KVMR gets support from Mal Paint and Glass, supplying Nevada County with paints, stains, and supplies since 1949, offering custom color matching and a full-service glass shop for residential and commercial projects. MalPaintandGlass.com and Weiss Landscaping, with over 75 years of generational experience in landscape, architecture design, and installation. Weiss Landscaping crews are experienced and provide accountability on craftsmanship, installations, and irrigation projects. Go Weisslandscaping.com. Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudia Mendoza. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Julia Jem. Have a great night.